to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. Hi, everyone. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Dr. Christina Gardner-McCune. Hey, girl. Hi. Excited to join (laughs) you all. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. She is from Montclair, New Jersey. She's currently an associate professor of computer and information science and engineering at the University of Florida. She directs the Engaging Learning Lab, where her research focuses on computer science education, learning technology, design and evaluation, and curriculum development and assessment. Anecdotally, the three of us, Jeremy, Christina, and I actually co-lead an STEM grant where we have scholarships for PhD students in our department in computer science. Um, Christina got her Bachelor of Science in Computer Engineering from Syracuse University. Her PhD is in Computer Science from Georgia Tech. She also did a postdoc there. Um, Other claims to fame for Christina since 2018, (laughs) she's been leading the AI or co-leading the AI for K-12 initiative, which is an initiative to create guidelines for what every K-12 student should know and be able to do with artificial intelligence. So that's really exciting. Um, But before that, she also led the AP Computer Science Principles Development Committee, um, and we'll talk about that later. She's been the chair for the RESPECT conference. She was a Google Faculty in Residence Fellow back in 2019. She's won lots of awards, including the UF Career Connection Center Career Influencer Award and the Graduate Student Champion Award. You better champion them grad students. (laughs) I know about that. She was also appointed a member of the ACM Education Advisory Committee and Ethics and Computing Education Task Force. She's led many conferences and symposia. She has millions of dollars in funding for lots of these initiatives, Mm. lots of publications in this area. She also runs summer camps to get these young folks interested in computing. So, you know, with all of that, obviously you need some rest at some point. So right now she is on sabbatical, but we're so happy that she took the time to talk to us today. So thank you and welcome. No, thank you, ladies. And I'm excited to be here and really excited about the work that you guys have been doing with Modern Figures. Like, we need this. (laughs) We all need this. And I think it's a great resource for our community. So I'm excited and honored to be here. I think now is a good time to mention that you were integral in us being able to have this podcast in the first place. Hmm, you so? don't know that, do you? <laughs> no. You don't remember. <laughs> you don't know. Your face is telling me you you didn't realize how much you of a role you played in this process. So yes. way back in 20, was it 18? I want to say. Yeah. We were, remember we were at the uh, Grace Hopper conference. No, NC Wit no, Summit. NCWIT. That's what it was, mm-hmm. the NC Wit Summit. And there was a bit of contention. A kerfuffle. A cold kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> about just, you know, having resources for Black women who were in computing and how, you know, what can we do better? And Christina does her Christina magic. She has a way of just being able to talk to people about when they've effed up, but not making them feel like they have effed up. So she was having this conversation with the leadership and that led to them wanting to partner with um, IMCS, who we were both working with to figure out, okay, what is an intervention? But if you hadn't opened up that door to the conversation, Mm -hmm. like, none of that would have extended an olive branch yes. in the midst of war yes because the rest <laughs> of us want to be like 
you know, Cardi B lyrics mm-hmm. <laughs> to them. Not Cardi B lyrics. <laughs> <Like> yellow lyrics. <laughs> that's I hilarious. mean, that's real. That's real. So, yeah. And I got an email out of the blue, seemingly, because I had, I had no idea this went on, right? I get an email out of the blue from Lucy Sanders, who's like the CEO of NCWIT, saying she wants to talk and they want to do something to support Black women and girls. Yeah. And computing. So thank you, Christina, for being you and for being so wonderful. (laughs) No, I think you all are rock stars. I remember part of that conversation. And I think, Kyla, it was you and I that were standing there having the conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think the thing is, it's just like we're sitting here right now having a conversation. It was just like, hey, we were thinking about and wondering about blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like we were pitching anything, right? It was just yeah. like, hey, as you know, colleagues, we're having these concerns. So I hope we can continue to have those kind of conversations and amazing things like this kind of come out of it and we're able to kind of move it forward. And I mean, Jeremy, like I was hearing at that time, you had, I think you had just became IMCS mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, program director. And I mean, people out of the woodwork like, do you know Jeremy? And I was like, yeah, I know Jeremy. So, <laughs> I, it was it was actually pretty surreal, and I was like, "Yeah, I know her." She's yeah. at my university. That's so weird. Yeah, that's, there was a point so where weird. I had a stack of her business cards that I would give out when I met people. Like, oh yeah, you want you want Jeremy? Here it is. <laughs> well, that's only because you don't check your emails, Kyla. That too. That's, I'm like, you should contact. Jeremy. You're better now. You're better now. But back then, Kyla was Delinquent. not checking the emails. Delinquent. But I mean, like. It's, response. it's really telling <laughs> to me like that people were thinking about what we were doing right as part of IMCS and the impact that we were having well beyond the confines of like the institutions that were part of the organization right so it, it's a multi-university initiative it was something that was nationally like affecting change and yeah. Even though it has come to an end as we know it, and hopefully it will get funding and continue to grow, I I just I'm so thankful for the opportunity because I did get to connect with people mm-hmm. across the country and kind of be like you, Christina. So let's talk about you. Yes, because <laughs> that's what this is about. Yes. So did you know you're going to do all these fancy things? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because recently. My mom was like, hey, you know, you're doing what you said you wanted to do as a kid. And I'm like, what did I tell you? I'm a talker. So I'm like, what did I tell her? And she's like, you know, you said you wanted to make a difference in the world and you wanted to, you know, have a positive impact. And I was like, lower your expectations a little bit. You know, it doesn't always happen the way you imagine. And I'm like, good mom pep talk, but I'm not quite sure that um, that's that's what you should have been telling me. But I, I think in the end, um, I, I had no clue. I, I really believe that a lot of what I've been able to accomplish in my life is really just a blessing from God and being in the right place at the right time and being surrounded by mentors and peers that um, just encourage you and, and move your work forward um, in discussion. So that's awesome. So I think we all kind of share that sentiment, right? Like all of our stories are kind of like that too. But I will also say that it wasn't necessarily just being in the right place at the right time. It was also having the right preparation. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I should not understate that uh, because all of my educational experiences um, have definitely prepared me for where I am now. Um, And like I said, but for me, it's the community in those educational experiences that have been been really influential. Um, So... Yeah, and sometimes we don't recognize like the stuff that we're doing is preparing us for something else mm-hmm. or something greater than what we could even imagine sometimes. And so yeah. I love that it sounds like your mom was kind of that first role model mentor pouring into you and also setting your expectations. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> 
Because uh, my mom definitely did the same. <laughs> I, I think my mom saw me as like this internal op- eternal optimist. And she just mm. she knew I had like these grandiose dreams of like doing amazing things. But then she's like, I don't want her to be disappointed. And so mm. I think, I mean, things are changing now. I think mothers now feel like their kids have a lot more opportunities. And so they probably wouldn't be trying to like, you know, curtail <laughs> a little bit yeah. um, mm-hmm. of, of their wings. Um, because they know that they probably can achieve them now and, and those ceilings that used to exist don't exist then right now right so so I, I think it was a, a, in a from a particular time and place that she was she was speaking from but not because she didn't value education and she didn't want mm-hmm. us to do really important things because I mean education like we moved to Montclair because they had a good educational system because my mom was like I want to make sure that you have the best and you know you do your best so yeah that's awesome that's awesome. Did you like in grade school, were there any like science programs or camps or anything that you were a part of or just kind of going through it? Like, all right, I like school. <laughs> so my mom had us in a lot of different um, programs, but like the way that we have like these summer camps to, dedicated to computing and STEM, like we didn't really have those, at least not that <laughs> I knew of. Um, mm-hmm. And so mostly it was like, we went to like day camp right at the Y or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember them having computers. It was mostly like you're outside outdoors doing stuff. Um, yeah. So I think it was um, for me, in middle school, um, my sister was at this place called um, Urban Computer Academy, and it was this after-school program. And um, basically, that was at the time they had math blasters and all these different kind of fun oh, like yeah. computer games. I have not heard the word math blasters <laughs> since I was old enough to play it. Oh, that was my game. Yeah, and so that was my game. She went to this program, and I guess we went to pick her up one day, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to come work here?" as like, you know, like a junior counselor kind of thing. And so that was my first paying job. I think it was like $5 and 15 cents an hour. (laughs) It was like my first job. And, um, I, and I wasn't doing anything innovative, right? Like kids were just learning to learn new skills on computers during their free time. Um, but then I went to, um, high school. So that was middle school. And then when I started in high school, I was thinking about like, oh, maybe I want to major in, you know, I like computers. My stepfather, both my mom and my dad both worked at um, IBM when I was growing up. Um, My stepfather, he actually retired from there. My mom um, took a hiatus, I think when I was actually in middle school to like stay home and start her own business and be an entrepreneur. So, um, so, so computers were always part of our lives. They were always on some desk and, you know, they've gotten smaller, but they used to take a lot of space. (laughs) Yes, they do. Um, and so they were always around. And so I remember taking my first programming class my junior year of high school. It was in basic, right? Like the base, basic was the programming language. Um, mm, and bleh. at the same time, I was really interested in astrology. And so I've been doing all these like hand calculations and having to do these <laughs> things over and over again because I get them wrong. And, you know, and so I was like, oh, we had this opportunity to do a project in that class. And it was like, you can pick any anything you want. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make a computer program that does these calculations for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had dreams of it having this interactive interface and actually showing this, you know, your star chart and all that stuff. Um, but I didn't get that far. But I guess it wasn't the point that I, I finished the, the full vision of what I wanted. It just inspired me to know that I can create things with computers. And so that that was really what kind of, you know, helped me because I was picking between becoming a lawyer, becoming a psychologist or going into computer science. That kind of sealed the deal for me. Uh, little did I know, fast forward uh, into a faculty position. I'm still probably doing all three of those things. Right. right. <laughs> That's real. That is real. That is funny. I love that, like, you had all of these career aspirations that weren't like, seemingly something that could be one right mm-hmm. and then somehow you pulled see we talked about this we already talked about this like right <laughs> like you were prepared yeah you were prepared for this <laughs> so you were living uh, in, in New jersey New jersey yep and you decided to go to syracuse university any reason you chose Syracuse? Uh, so, okay. So from a personal perspective, I was trying to get as far away from home as possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
but it's not I'm that just gonna far. Just going to be real. Well, listen, three it's, and a half far. hours is far, yeah. right? Like, okay. you, like you don't own yeah. a vehicle. Like, it's far. That's definitely far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then we, I had applied to a number of different programs. At this point, I really don't remember where I had applied, but I applied to a number. No, I was planning to apply to a number of different programs. So I had done all this research. I think it was my freshman year of high schools of the different programs that had all three of those programs, um, different mm. universities that had all three of those programs. And um, Syracuse was one of those. So when I got to my junior year, my mom's like, we're going to go on a college tour. And so we went, she, you know, she sent out information feelers to different places to see if I can come visit on campus. And Syracuse responded back and they were amazing because not only was I able to come to campus, the associate dean sat down and talked to my mom. The recruiter uh, sat down and talked to my mom about um, computer science and because our our college was called um, engineering and computer science. Um, And so Mm -hmm. talked about those different options um, and told us about the support programs they had on campus for students, especially in the College of engineering. And so I was like, my mom was super impressed. And so um, I actually, I think I got to spend the night that time. Cause I went up a couple of times. I got to spend the night that time in um, with one of the engineers there an the engineering students mm-hmm. there and, you know, live, see what like university was like. And so after that meeting, I remember driving home with my mom and going, I really like Syracuse. I think this might be a good fit. And she goes, I think it will be too. So we applied early decision. Um, mm-hmm, and then that's kind of mm-hmm. like all she wrote um, about that. <laughs> like I, I, did, I, don't, I didn't apply to the other schools that I was interested in. You know how early decision works. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you found out you got in and you were like, Woo-hoo! whatever, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need y'all. And early decision, you found out early. Like, I feel like you found out like January. And so, yeah. like, yeah, you do. My last semester of high school, <laughs> I was like, everybody else is like worried. I'm like, like I'm oh, good. where y'all going? Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Don't worry about me. I got it. Yes. It's fine. And now I am coasting this last <laughs> semester, this last little bit. I can't remember <laughs> coasting. I remember. <laughs> I remember I was doing student leadership at the time. And so we were mentoring freshmen. So we had like a peer group of that. I was on student, I was in cheerleading. I was in student council. I was doing a cheerleading. Bunch of doing everything. Yes. You were doing oh everything. My. Wait, so you were a popular high schooler then? Yes. She was in the in club. I, she was popular. Yes. You're like one of the first. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was. I put it this way. You weren't. You I was weren't. Kyla. There's no such thing as an unpopular cheerleader. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody knew who you were. Yeah. That's what that means. They all knew. And you were in student government too. You said like. Yeah. Yep. They all knew you. Yeah, Everybody they knew. knew right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You had to get elected. So they knew me. But really. <laughs> you had to get elected. I just, y'all I just don't want to be seen. Y'all this see way. the slight flex that she just threw out there. <laughs> no. I just didn't want to be seen as like one of those kind of like oh, we didn't say not you the were mean obnoxious. Girls. Not yeah, the mean I'm not, girls. I wasn't but... a mean girl. Yeah. I think yeah, I should not be popular without being a mean girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, that you know, this funny. brings me great joy and pride to have met you um and to know this about you. This is something that I would never have known, probably, had we not done this podcast. So I'm very, very true. Okay, we got. I need more. Yeah, so <laughs> that's fine. Okay, yeah. I okay. So I'm just really excited about this narrative that we don't often hear on this podcast, which is like, I wasn't the nerdy, reclusive computer scientist person, but the I had a ton of friends. Everybody knew me. The cheerleaders, the student government people, the football team, like everybody was cool with me. I was cool with them. And the nerds too. Like I knew all the nerds too because we were in classes together, right? (laughs) That was me. And I rarely, I rarely hear that from the computer science community. And so this single story situation isn't real because Christina here (laughs) is exhibit A of it being an option for you. If you are the cool kid, you can do this too. Shout out to the cool kids. Yes. Shout out. Yeah. I definitely (laughs) hope that students understand there's many pathways to engineering, STEM, computer science, and that they don't have to be, you know, this, like I build servers in my free time. I was not building servers in my free time. (laughs) No, (laughs) ma'am. No, ma'am. I still am not building servers in my free time. Big facts. I'm very much a creative person. So I like crafting and things like that. So, um, yeah. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. So did you continue your Miss Popular campaign to Syracuse? <laughs> I, when I got to Syracuse, honestly, I think I was exhausted from all the activities <laughs> I was doing. I like put a ban on, <laughs> I literally really? was like, I will not serve in any leadership position during wow. undergrad. And I did mm -hmm. it. And for the most part, I did it. Um, I was in Nesby. Um, I mm -hmm. worked with the um, the outreach program they had with um, middle schools and high schools. I did that. Oh, PCI. Uh, yeah, PCI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't remember the acronym. Yeah, PCI. Um, Pre-collegiate initiative. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We will all not say the, the Nesby mission right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I was like a background leader in undergrad. I was really focused on, I was like, I know engineering's hard. And they they did that thing where like, look to your left, look to your right. What if oh. he's not going to be here? And I was like, uh -uh, still doing I'm going to be here. <laughs> they still do that in yeah. some places. Really? Wow. I mean, think about it. Like this was like over 20 years ago. <laughs> But we started college around the same time. Like my my uh, undergrad president was like, "Look, you know, I tell you, look to the left, look to the right." He's like, "No, we're tell their neighbor, we're both gonna make it. We're both gonna Aww, be here." Awesome. So, Doctor Baski, shout out, shout mm -hmm. out, yeah, no. And so I think I was, I just, I was tired, so I, I wanted to take a break. But I did serve in kind of pseudo leadership positions. We had this program called Academic Excellence Workshops, where students um, would work with in small groups i think there was like four of us in the groups um and you would solve uh calculus problems but they were in context in engineering context that made them meaningful mm. and this was yeah. really to kind of it wasn't remedial at all it was really to help you step up uh the bar on how you understood and applied calculus um in in, in the engineering yeah. context and so i did that my the summer because i did like the pre-collegiate program where you you came in the summer before um it was called summer start for us um i did that um and then I did it again um, the first semester or the fall semester. And then after that, I started actually leading my own groups within there. And so I did that all throughout undergrad. That's pretty That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, college can be a hard time to like manage the curriculum and like the demands of the curriculum and engineering with having a actual personal life. And everybody tells you that like, oh, you know, when you go to the library, the people you see... <laughs> <laughs> large in part are going to be the STEM majors. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine, but you can, you can manage both. It's just not necessarily something that has to happen. Right. Like you don't have to do both, but <laughs> to like make an ultimatum in your mind, like I'm not doing anything. I didn't have to do that until grad school when it was just like, Oh no, this is next level. Yeah. Let yeah. me not. <laughs> well, I feel like I didn't, it wasn't that I wasn't active in student orgs. I just didn't take mm -hmm. leadership positions. I yeah. think that was the shift for me. Like Nesby was my lifeblood. I was at every oh, Nesby mm -hmm. event, went to the Nesby conferences and did all that. Mm -hmm. um, I also worked at the student center <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and then also did the academic excellence facilitator. So I feel like I had enough going on that for me, I didn't want to overextend. Yeah. So I was, That's it, a lot. yeah, so I, I was just learning That's, not to overextend because I think I did a I lot. I think college Christina need to come back and talk to right now, Christina. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's not go there. Let's 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 keep going. Fine, um, fine. So you want to go, Jeremy? I was just gonna say. So I mean, you made it all the way through and decided to go to grad school. What was what was that decision like? Where did that come from? Well, my junior year of college, I went to London for the year. I did a study abroad for the Ooh, year. Oh, wow. So I was at the City University of London, and I loved it. I, I can still picture myself because, like, it had these cute little rooms, and I remember the bed was against the, this huge window, and I would sit oh, wow. there and I would study. And it was the first time I felt like in my life where I actually had the freedom to think without thinking like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm reading this book to get this assignment done. But it was because the, the, the curriculum is very different. Um, what they had maybe one project due a semester and sometimes not even a lot of assignments. So it wasn't mm -hmm. this same American driven uh, undergraduate program where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, within a week you can have a homework assignment, a quiz <laughs> and a test. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't that. And so I felt for the first time, and I remember taking software engineering over there. I took, took something oh, else, really? databases cool. and something else. And so I just remember having lots of time to think about computing and think about solving project mm. problems. And, and, and I think I had some type of 
microcontroller things. I remember we were doing something with robots. Uh, now that I'm picturing the lab. Um, and I just remembered like, if this is what grad school will be like, where you can actually think about things, this is what I want to do. Mm. And so that made me want to apply to um, a graduate This program. inspires a song. It does. <laughs> in my own little corner, in my own little bed, I can be whatever I want to be. I can see it. You looking out the window, <laughs> imagining your life, seeing the future, what it might hold. So beautiful. And it has a soundtrack. I uh, just want you to know that I I don't think I've ever heard you sing. And now I just need that this clip to play <laughs> whenever I look out the window. <laughs> oh my god. But and, and it's so funny because I absolutely love that song. And I was singing that song all throughout senior year of high school. Because that's when that, that's what year that came out. Um oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> But yeah, so but also made a deal. My mom is very integral to everything that is Christina, right? <laughs> My mom also was like, um, yeah, so times are changing. Uh, you need to get a master's degree. This undergrad mm-hmm. degree is not going to be enough for you. Get a master's mm-hmm. degree. And then she also was like, I know you like to work and you get real focused on things. So I think if you go to work, you're never going to come back to do a master's degree. So I'm going to help you pay for undergrad if you get a master's oh, wow. degree when you finish. <laughs> so there's these negotiations. I, it's probably what most parents do with kids is negotiate oh, yeah. the things that you want them to do and make it seem like it's their your idea. <laughs> It, yep. Mm-hmm. My mom's an attorney. Way, way, way oh, worse. Wow. There's a lot of psychological stuff that I've had to unpack over the years. <laughs> Thankfully, she was not um, evil. She used right. It for she good. wasn't malicious. It was for your mm-hmm. own good. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> That's amazing. So, you did you apply to like multiple programs, or did you do this whole like? No, no, I did. I did do this one. No, no, no. I did apply to multiple programs this time, and oh. Okay. The other thing was when I was in London, I took an HCI course. I didn't even, mm-hmm. at, at the time, Syracuse didn't have an HCI course. So I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. I just happened to be looking through the list of courses of electives that I can take. And that was one of them. And oh my God, I was like, what? You can think about humans and computers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm almost there with my quest to know about humans and know about computers. That's so HCI is yes. human computer interaction. Yes. And like, it's just not like, I don't even think people in some places know it's a thing still. Where is it ever highlighted, like, in a national space in a way that people would know about it? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We need to do a campaign, huh? I don't know. HCI needs a commercial. Jeremy, (laughs) you got the soundtrack. I got the soundtrack? Jeremy, hit it. Yes. What What a... Wow. I've never had such a contract in my life. I'm excited. Yes. So I took that HCI class and realized I can design computers for people. And then that kind of connected me back to that first experience I had with programming. And I was like, I need a user interface for that astrology program I was trying to build. I didn't have the tools (laughs) to do it then. Wait, (laughs) full circle. Okay. Yes, full circle. That was high school, right? high school. Mm -hmm. That was one of my first programming experiences. (laughs) That's amazing. And I I did not forget about this experience, this thing I'm trying to make. And I mean, I've, I've since, you know, moved away from the is astrology. It, wait, can we use it? Can we, like, is it there? Did you still have it? No, no, no. I, that was the motivation. Was the motivation. Oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I had since moved beyond that. And so I wasn't okay. going back, but I realized that was the missing piece to the puzzle for me to bring mm. together what I thought I wanted to do in computing. Um, and so I applied to Carnegie Mellon's HCI program, Georgia Tech's HCI program, and... I applied a third place. I'm just not remembering where the third place was, but I applied to three different universities at the time. And uh, Carnegie Mellon was having none of me. Uh, Georgia Tech Tech accepted me, but not into the HCI program, just into this general computer science master's program. But I was like, I can take the classes. I don't care. Um, And so (laughs) that's what started my graduate school journey was um, working, going to Georgia Tech. So moving from Syracuse all the way down to warm, sunny (laughs) Georgia. And since then, I've tried to stay in the Southeast because I realized even though I grew up in the North with snow, that is not my life. (laughs) That's not my my ministry. (laughs) Mm -mm. Same here, man. 
I really like the idea that you like applied for a master's degree and you didn't like apply for a PhD because I know like in a lot of disciplines that was becoming the the story, right? Like everybody has a bachelor's degree in XYZ discipline. You need to get a master's degree to set yourself apart Mm -hmm. and for the opportunity to promote into like leadership moving forward once you get a job. So was that like how your mom was thinking and by proxy you were thinking or (laughs) I I can't speak for how my mom was thinking. I just think she thought that it would probably give me a leg up, um, in, in the workforce. Um, I think for me, she was at IBM, right? So like she probably had seen it. Yeah. She was on the business side. She, she did contracts. My stepdad was on the engineering side, but I, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say what my mom was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, but she probably saw people coming in with, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of expertise. Yeah. So I think she's always been really focused on education. And so she's like, before it was like, get a high school degree and maybe a college degree. And then, and like mm-hmm. generationally, like my grandmother, she got a high school degree and then she got like, she did like a business course program um, and became an executive secretary for most of her career. Then my mom, she, my grandmother encouraged her, said, you know, you need to have these um, what is, uh, these secretarial skills, but you also mm-hmm. need to have a degree. So then she got the degree. And then my mom was like, okay, if you're coming in just with a degree, you know, undergraduate degree, you might need a little bit more. And so she's like, for each one of us, mm. like she's kind of ratcheted, ratcheted up, like kind of the expectation of what we should be doing. There was no expectation. Like she didn't care like what we did. Just as long as we mm-hmm. enjoyed it, because uh, if she was going to help pay for money, we needed to enjoy it. <laughs> you better like where you are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, and there was also this thing of you only have four years. I'm only paying for four years. This, you know, finish trying to like extend wow. out like an engineering degree to five, six years. I'm not having it. You're and, oh, oh wow. I should have said my my biological father was a chemical engineer. I didn't grow up with oh, him, wow. but my biological father was a chemical engineer. And so she had seen him take forever. He was also a basketball player. So she had seen him take forever to get through undergrad. And she's like, no, 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 four years, four <laughs> and done. And so there was a crew of us that their parents told them four and done. And so we wow. all kind of worked through the engineering program together to get done in four years and did internships every summer. So wow. wow, every summer wow. starting freshman year. Whew. Wow. That's a lot. Wow, wow, wow. I see why you say you didn't have time to lead anything. You didn't. You nope. were literally you leading no the time. department, taking all of the courses. Wow. <laughs> That's intense. So That's you're, super intense. That is intense. I can't imagine it. I can't. Mm-hmm. That's the support so, network and the peers, right? Like all of yeah, that. All about community <laughs> getting through. Like even if you decide to do something that is like that would kill another human, it's like, hey, there are other people out mm-hmm. here who I can lean on. And it would have killed me. I'm sorry, thing. I wouldn't be here today if I had to do that. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know. Yeah, Mm-mm. that's that is tough. So you applied to the uh, master's program at Georgia Tech. Did you know anyone that was going there? You or sorry, you you applied, you went there. Like, did you still try to seek out the same kind of community? You know, what was that like? I'm trying to remember. Uh, so I didn't know anybody that had gone there. A friend of mine, I didn't do Georgia Tech. Used to have this focus program where you can yeah. go and preview uh, what mm-hmm. Georgia Tech is like. Done it twice. Yeah, and so I still have my focus sweatshirt. Aww. It's so comfortable. <laughs> I don't have mine. I, I never got one. I, I didn't I didn't oh. make it to focus because I didn't know. I was like focused on getting done. And so I, I didn't right. know that I could have applied to do this thing. Um so I got there and so I didn't really know anybody, but the thing that I loved about it was the um we were in the College of Computing and the College of Computing had these kind of affinity groups. So like they had a blacks in computing. I think it used to be called, it went through a lot of name changes, eventually became Mm -hmm. minorities in computer science mix. And so Mm -hmm. um, that was there. There was also like a women's in computing group. And so I remember doing activities with them. And then there was also BGSA, Black Graduate Student Association. So I think the friends that I have to date and the people I know at that graduated <laughs> from from Georgia Tech, I met the first meeting that I went to for BGSA. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's how it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that was super, super influential for me. Um, it's just having the communities, those these kind of intersecting communities. Um, and I feel like 
the College of Computing did a really good job of, of recruiting a diverse set of students. So I never was like the one black female, or whatever. Like I remember there was like, I don't know, there's enough that I can't remember everybody's name for black wow. women and, and women in general too. So there was enough of us that I felt welcomed. I felt like I fit in. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that's, that's kind of was how I first got there. Oh, I should say, I did an undergraduate degree in computer engineering at Syracuse. And there it was a mixture of software and hardware. Where everywhere's a mixture of software and hardware. But they also let you, even though you had a computer science program, they let you kind of software, like specialize in software computer engineering or hardware computer engineering. So I did more of a software track. Um, oh, okay. And so That's when cool. I applied, uh, Yes. So when I applied, <laughs> it's like you, you start to remember your past. Like I applied yeah. to a computer engineering master's program that. Okay. And so when I got in, I actually was got into the computer engineering master's program and realized that it was way more electrical engineering and hardware at, at Georgia Tech. And I was like, oh, this is not for me. I right. and, and then I started looking at. Cause I guess I just didn't understand. And also at, at Georgia tech computer engineering was in the engineering college and computer science right. was in the college of computing. I didn't right. understand that those two people didn't talk. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I did not do well my first semester oh, no. of graduate school. I, I did not do so well because I had taken whatever the, the minimum load was for a master student to be full-time. Um, so that way I could focus on the classes. Um, but then I was struggling in one of them and I don't really remember what class it was now. And I remember going to every office hour, going to talk to the professor. And I was sad because it was like my only female professor. She told me, she's like, oh, if you don't get it by this point in the semester, you should just withdraw from this class. You're not going oh. to do well. And so I was like, oh, okay. And But when I talked to my advisor about it, they're like, if you withdraw from this class, you're going to lose your gem fellowship. Because I had a gem fellowship. Oh, they're like, yeah. you're going to lose your gem fellowship. And so I was devastated because I was like, I promised I was going to get this master's and this is going to help me right. pay for it. Um, and so I remember calling up my recruiter at gem. And because I, I and, and seeing like, is it possible because I had interned with IBM before I started at, at Georgia Tech and then the, the summer before through Jim mm -hmm. because because I had worked for IBM for three of my four summers of undergrad, they became my Jim sponsor. And so Aww. I called my recruiter at IBM and in Jim and I was like, hey, this is happening. Um, I'm planning to apply to the CS program and HCI program, um, but I, I can't do this program. Is there any way <laughs> I can preserve my fellowship? And they worked with me. They set me up to do, because I was also interested in project management, because I was only doing a master. So I thought I was going to do software engineering and project management as my career, um, because mm -hmm. basically that's the role I had really played in my project in undergrad it was I did a lot of leadership as a project manager and also the software development part. So I was like, this is what I want to do professionally. Um, mm -hmm. And so he set me up to go work in Tucson, Arizona um, oh, in wow. uh, project, their project management team so I can get a feel for that. And I was there for eight months. Whoa. Wow. Because I, like, I had to withdraw, like basically to drop yeah. the class would have brought me under like all the, it, mm -hmm. was, it was crazy. So I had to withdraw from all of my classes um, and then reapply. Reapply. And, yeah. And so I spent wow. my spring and summer semesters of like what, have, what would have been my first year of my master's at IBM working. Um, and I, I enjoyed the work that I was doing, but I was like, oh, this isn't really what I want to do. Um, and mm. so I, I, you know, applied to Georgia Tech and that's when I applied for the uh, master's in Georgia CS Tech. and the master's in HCI and got into the master's in CS program. Wow. So you mean to tell me you can start grad school, do something different and start over? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah. And I think that's really important for people to know, like, just because you apply to a program, that does not mean that you have to stay in it. If it's not mm -hmm. serving you, if it's not working for you, even if you promised your whole community that you were going to do this, you know, um, you don't have to, that's what In the Heights is about. You promised everybody you were going to do this thing and it is not serving you. So you know, did we just go else. into musical theater? We like, did. You happened? started it with Cinderella. I'm just saying. Oh, that's true. It is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love that. I think 
you know, first of all, you totally blocked that out in your mind that it even happened. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like you forgot it. But it's like it, it the character development that's happening in this podcast episode. I'm just I'm here for it. Yes. Like we've had international experiences. We've got parents with all sorts of different degrees that we just found out about. And yeah. Someone who is very confident and is okay with leading teams and speaking and being in front of people. Like those are skills you developed in high school that you leveraged in college, like as a college grad. Yeah. Yeah. And even how like the leadership roles you had in high school, you know, that led to, Oh, I'm going to lead this software team. You know, these are (laughs) common themes and threads. Yeah. And I think you asked about influencers earlier. I think when you said high school, you said it started in high school internally. I was like, no, this started in middle school. Like my, I remember my vice principal um, at Mount Hebron middle school in Montclair. He's no longer with us, but he um, is Mr. Slater. And he, <laughs> he saw me. I remember getting in trouble. Something I did my <laughs> something I did my my sixth grade, sixth grade year. And he goes, wow. he kind of took me under his wing and said, This isn't you. He mm. said, You can do better. And I actually see you as a leader. So and he he's the one mm. that introduced me to student gover, gover you know, government. And so I believe I was treasurer of like my middle school student government. Um Aww you know, board or whatever you used to call them like then, but yeah. And so that's what started me on the leadership track was that teacher, that principal. And then I remember always liking math and science, but it was my middle school. Actually, again, sixth grade, a lot of stuff happened in sixth grade. It's that transitionary year, right? Fundamental time, yeah. But my sixth grade math teacher who, forgive me, I do not remember her name, but I can see her face. I remember mm-hmm. she's she just looked at me and was like, you're bored. And she, wow. <laughs> she was like, you're <laughs> bored. And she she would give me more advanced tasks to work on. Um, nice. So that way I could stay engaged, right? Um, yeah. And so that kicked me into seventh grade. And we had Miss Washington, who was amazing. She also Aww. led the Christian soldiers drill team, which kind of got me Us into- now. Probably got me. Yeah, I'm gonna step for Jesus. That's right. Okay. <laughs> but that probably got me into cheerleading because like she had this like group of, of young women from all across um Montclair that got together to do this drill team. But before then she looked at she she talked to my sixth grade math teacher and said how can we keep her challenged? Um, and so she was the one that kind of put me in like advanced math. Once I got to seventh grade, mm-hmm. she put me in advanced mm-hmm. math. Um, and then kind of that kind of put me on this trajectory for doing more advanced things and in, in, in math. Um, yeah, that that's, that's man, I, I totally forgotten that. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's a beautiful, that's, that's a beautiful journey cool. that you've taken us on so far. Yes. Yes. So you've um, returned to Georgia Tech in computer science. So how did this experience compare to the first experience? Completely different. (laughs) Because So my first community was BGSA. That was the first community that I had um, when I first got to Georgia Tech um, in in the engineering program. And I remember feeling like I didn't have enough community within the degree program. I didn't see a lot of women. I didn't see a lot of people of color. I can count two. One was wow. one of my colleagues, Sekou Remy. Thank you so much, Yay. brother. Thank <laughs> you. Um, and then another one, um, gosh, I'm switching on his name, so I won't, I won't do that. But I, I can still see him now, too. Um, those two were the only people of color that I remember seeing in my classes. And... I don't know if I didn't know their phone number. I don't know what was going on with that. Like, but I just remember spending many hours in the library rewatching lectures <laughs> on wow. video and some earphones. Mm-hmm. And that is the sweatshirt I have. It's a, it's a yellow jacket sweatshirt because it was so cold that I went to the bookstore <laughs> and bought a jacket. I didn't get the focus wow. sweatshirt, but I got that one. 
Um, and so that was my first experience in the master's program. Fast forward a year later, and then I'm now in the College of Computing, and they had the women in computing. They had the minorities in computing groups. And I felt way more, more community. And I, I met um, at that time two people that are still my friends to this day. I met uh, Dr. Tamara Clegg at uh, University of Maryland College Park. And I met, um, I should say Dr. Tammy Clegg um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dr. Jamie Hickman. Um, and I, I took an HGI class with Jamie and she was actually an engineering psych student, um, but she was doing human uh, human computer interaction from a psychology perspective, ergonomics mm-hmm. and like that. Um, and so I met them and they became my support group throughout both my master's and my PhD. So both Tammy and Jamie were already enrolled in PhD programs. I was just trying to do my, you know, two years and, and done with my master's. Yeah. Um, but that first semester I took two classes. I took HCI and I did a project with, with Jamie on that one. Um, which by the way, the, you know, those alarm clocks that, okay, maybe you don't, but anyway, <laughs> I'm still, still, still going to tell, tell the story because now we don't have yeah. alarm clocks. It's just our cell phone. Right. But, yeah. Those box alarm clocks. Yeah, are... But these, the, we had to think about the, um, technology of the future. And at this time they, and I remember seeing it in like sky mall magazine. Once I started traveling mm-hmm. these, um, alarm clocks, which would like project out light, make it look mm-hmm. like a sunrise, do all these things. Well, before it was in Sky Mall, we invented it in that class. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. We invented it See? in that class. Did someone <laughs> sell your intellectual property? I think like, they did. They probably did. They might be millionaires now. It's okay. It's okay. Well, mm-hmm. I think the thing is, there's a, we all have really creative ideas. It's just the people mm-hmm. that take it to the finish line are the people that get the payoff. What I realize is it's not mm-hmm. that there's an abundance, like there are these super geniuses and only super geniuses can come up with these good ideas. We all have them. It's just, do we have right. the stamina? Do we have the resources to finish it all the way through and bring it to production? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that's a whole word. <laughs> Fast forward a year after that, they started the HCC PhD program at Georgia Tech. Um, Human-centered computing. Yes, human-centered computing. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to, I applied for that. Uh, because oh. I fell in love with research. My first, that, that was the other thing. My other first year, I'm all over this story here. But <laughs> it's okay. We're following we'll, we'll, it. We'll pull it back together here. My other class that I took the first semester, I was back at Georgia Tech, was with my um, now, now advisor, um, Janet Claudner. Um, and it was like an educational technologies class where you were learning about learning theories and educational approaches and applying that to the design of technology. Well, to mm. me, that resonated so much because in undergrad, I had done that, you know, uh, academic excellence workshop facilitator role. And so I was really curious about how people learn and how we can best help them learn um, and so that they can do their best. And I was like, wow, there's a class that marries, you know, education and it marries um, computer science. Like, I love this. And then Tammy mm-hmm. was already doing a PhD and she was like my, my teammate um, for that project um, that, in that class. And so she, you know, she was already talking to Janet about p- potentially being her advisor and the different projects she could work on. And I kind of just plus one on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, me too. Yeah, me How too. Because like they were talking after <laughs> class. So I just kept following them behind, you know? <laughs> I'm here to you. And, Hi. And I remember sitting, um, like Georgia Tech, the College of Computing used to have this open area. And I don't know if it's still there, but it had like these like old school, like um, McDonald's benches where you had like, the McDonald booth <laughs> benches. Oh, wow. Yeah. We sat there and we were talking and Janet was like, well, what are you interested in? Blah, blah, blah. And we ended up, Tammy was really interested in cooking. I was really interested in science. And Janet was writing a middle school science curriculum at the time. And she said, well, what if, you know, I'm, she was a regents professor, which is the highest level of professorship in the state of Georgia. She oh, said, wow. I, you know, I have, I've done all the grants. I've gotten all the publications. I want to do things that are going to make an impact. And mm. so, Tammy, Tammy was also really passionate about like giving back to underrepresented communities. And she said, I want to do something with, you know, that combines science and cooking. She loved cooking. Cook. If you've never met Tammy and you meet her, <laughs> ask her to make you a seven up pound cake. Okay. Okay. No, I, <laughs> I heard Kyla just, you know, has a recipe. I also that have a good one. Okay. I'm, I'm, I promise Amara one for Amara. Amara. <laughs> well, let um, Amara it's Amara's cake. Amara's cake. Amara. Okay. 
Not me. Is she only going to be two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, at that um, booth, we birched, birthed the Kitchen Science Investigators Project. Um, and that led me into wanting to apply for the PhD program because they were just starting this new human-centered computing program. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can do a PhD that kind of brings in the technology and brings in the learning. So again, that's kind of like the repeat of kind of HCI and you know mm-hmm. humans and technology. And so I've always had a passion for working with people and making technology that works better for people, not that we conform ourselves to the technology or even that we conform ourselves to the learning technology that we engaged in. And so, um, yeah, so that kind of, and that was another story of failure, I would say, because uh, I didn't get into the human-centered computing PhD program. I was not good enough. I was like, I wasn't good enough for the HCI program. What? Not good enough it for the HCI program. It was brand new, program. whatever. And so I, I went through some feelings there. Um, but I was like, I applied the next year. I applied because I was finishing up my master's at that point. At that point, I had finished the second, that was finishing up the second year. So I applied for um, the, the CS PhDs program and got in. Um, and so oh, I continued wow. to work on the Kitchen Science Investigators Project. And we went to many communities, the YWCA, um, YMCA um, in uh, Atlanta and worked with uh, Miss Judy Fears, Judy Brown Fears, and really worked with some amazing students um, in a middle school there, really helping them fall in love with science and fall in love with cooking at the same time. So it was awesome. Food. I- I will say I have to credit that project to me being the cook in the the food. I've always loved food, but the cook that I am today, because I was like, oh, let me learn the science behind this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to be domesticated. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) like, whatever. I'll eat something. (laughs) Wow. 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 So then what happened? Well, you know. Go ahead and put your head down for a few, many, many years trying to get a PhD. Um, Oh, goodness. And I think because I didn't go into it really understanding what a PhD was, just that I loved the group that I was working with and I loved our Kitchen Mm. Science Investigators Project, I feel like in some ways I did, I worked really hard but not enough on research, right? Like I was developing mm. curriculum. I, we were running studies, we were collecting data, like, and building software systems. Like we were doing all of that. And I really didn't understand like, well, what is the research that I'm wanting to put forth? And so I think it took me a long time to just kind of find my research wings, um, not just my, you know, worker bee wings. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, really kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I figured it out. I finished up. Next week, you can listen to more of my story. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.